Welcome to another episode of Quilt Buzz, the podcast featuring your favorite folks from across the quiltiverse. I'm Amanda of Broadcloth Studio, and I'm joined by Wendy, the weekend quilter. Hey. And our special guest, Varushka of Pride and Joy Quilting. Hello. Before we jump into all the quilty fun, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I, um, that's such a, it's such a... (laughs) basic question right but I feel like like that changes in different chapters of my life <laughs> like before I would have been like well I'm a you know marriage and family therapist and I'm in grad school but now it's like I'm a mom and um that's how I define myself that's really a big part of this chapter in my life and through being a mom and kind of looking for respite at the end of the day I happened upon quilting and it changed my life so I would say I'm a mom and a quilter and then a, an adult and do all the other adulting things. <laughs> and you have, you have two boys, right? I have two little boys, six and seven. And where do you guys live in the U.S.? We're in Los Angeles. Well, I say Los Angeles because, but we're like right in the middle between L.A. and Palm Springs. So we're like 45 Ooh. minutes from, from the ocean or 45 minutes from the mountains or the desert. Um, so I'd say, yeah, around Los Angeles. So well, basically... California. The perfect spot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wish I was closer to the ocean, but yeah, I, I'm happy where we are. So to kick things off, like, could you tell us more about your Instagram handle and when did you start the um, quilting Instagram account? Yeah, so <laughs> that's a great question because I realized I needed a quilting uh, channel when I was posting, you know, pictures of like this is my favorite thread and this is how you do a accurate quarter inch seam. And my cousins and my mom and people were like, what are you, what is this? Uh, like swipe to the left. Right. I think there's something really exciting about when you're learning a skill and you share, you know, the little stuff that you're learning to feel like you're a part of a community. Mm-hmm. And, and I started, I say I started quilting in isolation because, you know, after, after, um, I left, so professionally, I'm a marriage and family therapist. I was working at UC Riverside here in the counseling side department. I had my boys, tried that part-time, wasn't a good fit. So then I decided to stay home. And, and I, and so I learned quilting like on my own, but I needed community, right? I like, like, so I, I started my, my, uh, Instagram, uh, account like a year and a half, almost two years ago. And, um, it was pride and joy quilting, like I played around with all these ideas and at, at the end of the day, what, what, what prompted me, what inspired me was my, my, my two little boys. Pride and joy is what we call them, you know, well, we call them all sorts of things, but, um, and I, <laughs> so on, on the good days, on the good days, we call them different things than on the, no, I'm kidding. Uh, and so I thought, well, you know, what if, what if I honor them? So you mentioned that you, um, you know, you started quilting in isolation. So what yeah. kind of spurred you to take up quilting and were you a, you a, uh, FPP or from day one, or was that something that you started doing? <laughs> I started sewing, really just sewing out of like a problem solving issue. So like after I had my boys, my husband was like, okay, Varushka, you, the closet is mounting with baby clothes. 
Like, are you going to give these away? And in my mind, I was like, okay, I get it, right? If I give the clothes away to someone else, they're just like hand-me-downs, right? But to me, they were like imbued with meaning. Like I would hold up a onesie and I would have like flashback memories and I'm like, I can't give this away. <laughs> and and so, like I said, so like most of us in this generation, especially after grad school where you like research everything online, right? I, I go online, good old Google, and I'm like, what to do with baby clothes, right? <laughs> and stuff like memory quilts came up and quilting. And like previously to having my children, I, I, I didn't sew. Like, like in high school, everyone had to take a home ec class and I, you either had to take cooking or sewing, everyone, boys or girls. And I took sewing and I don't even remember what I made. It was like, we had to make clothing and like an apparel. All I remember is the boy I had a crush on, which is probably why I took the sewing <laughs> class, made overalls. And I was like, so impressed. Um, but that was my introduction and ending really to sewing for like 20 years. And so I didn't know how to sew. And so I said to my husband, you know what? I, I think I'm going to make a quilt out of the baby clothes. And he's like, oh, cool. Now, I didn't have a sewing machine and I didn't know how to sew. And bless his heart, like my first Mother's Day with both of my children, I had a newborn and a one-year-old because they're only 11 months apart. Um, he gives me, he got this QVC sewing machine, singer sewing machine. And it was the sweetest thing. I didn't even open it until a year later because newborn oh. and one-year-old. And it didn't work out of the box. And then it had tension issues right off. Oh, and no. so it took some perseverance in the beginning. Like I have to learn how to sew because I got to, you know, bring down these, uh, the, the, the amount of clothing. But what ended up happening, Amanda and Wendy, was I, I scoured the internet to learn how to sew. Because I thought in my mind's eye, in my mind, I was thinking, I got to know what I'm doing before I cut into these clothes, right? It's not like, it's not like, oh, I ordered a yard of fabric. Mm, biff that. Let me just order another yard. Like, <laughs> right? I got one chance to cut and sew this thing. I better know what I'm doing. Yeah. And what ended up happening was I, I was like Alice in Wonderland. I, I, the more I saw on YouTube, the more I learned from the graciousness of quilters that have put their tips and, you know, I fell in love with it. And I became like voraciously, like I put my babies to bed and then I'd be like on, on YouTube looking at, you know, the, 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 the classics I'd say, you know, the Fonz and Porter and Fat Quarter Shop and, and Missouri, like the big hitters, right? Mm -hmm. And I loved, I, I felt drawn to like the modern, clean, simple designs. And for me, what's amazing is that every culture will have some form of, of cloth to create warmth. And I love that idea. And I think that that's what really drew me to quilting was like, even if you don't know anything about quilting, like I've given a few quilts away. Like someone said, uh, if you're, I'll never sell a quilt, but if you're lucky, I'll give one to you. Um, <laughs> and I gave one to a friend who's like, never heard of quilting. And their reaction was amazing. They were like, oh my goodness, this is this is amazing. And I think that's what quilting, like there's this very human characteristics to being wrapped in warmth and handmadeness and time and love. Um, yeah. So I guess I really love quilting is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so you talk about that you're a self-taught quilter. So when it came to FP, 
uh, foundation paper piecing, was there like a particular quilter or like a YouTube presenter that really stood out to you and you thought that that was like really helpful in developing those skills there? I didn't. So unlike like traditional quilting where there's like so much information, I I actually happen on FPP kind of like how I happen on quilting where so like after a while, my husband and I had this ongoing joke where every time I needed a new notion or of course I needed to upgrade that sewing machine because man, that was that tested my patience. So like I'd, I'd be like, I need this new sewing machine or I need a bigger table or go to Home Depot, make a bigger table. And so he'd be like, okay, what new unicorn do we need to come up with for your sewing room, right? He started calling it my sewing center, which was hilarious. (laughs) So he'd be like, you know, what kind of unicorn do you want now? So like I thought, you know, maybe I need to do a unicorn quilt, right? So I go to good old Google and, and and I tried Googling and I found some patterns that were very linear. Like you could tell this was a two inch and a half square and then a strip. Like it, it was cute, but it was too linear. And then by accident, I happened on this pattern and I'm like, what's that? <laughs> uh, okay. Mm. All right. So I download it, right? And I purchased it. Number one, I had no idea what foundation paper piecing was when I purchased this thing. Um, but where there's a will, there's a way, right? And, and I scoured the internet to try to find like how to do it. And I learned the way that probably most people learn, which is kind of like through trial and error, just kind of throwing in the deep end. And I get why people, many, not all, many are discouraged first in their first experience because it's not really backwards. It's just, it's the same as traditional piecing. Just you have a piece of paper on top, but it feels like it's backwards. So like early on, I would lose orientation. So what got me through (laughs) that unicorn pattern was just sheer determination. I was like, I gotta (laughs) figure this out. You know, I'm, I'm smart, you know, gosh, darn it. People like, like I can do this. And, and so, uh, fast forward when, when I finally felt like I had FPP on my belt, I was like, you know what I need to do? I need to give back because I learned so much from traditional piecing, from the graciousness of others who shared their knowledge on traditional piecing, that maybe if I shared what I've learned through lots of tears and seam ripping and frustration, (laughs) that I can avoid that for others. And there wasn't a lot of FPP even like two years ago. And so I thought, you know, maybe, maybe I'll start sharing my little tips and tricks. For someone just beginning to FPP, like what would be your top three tips? Oh, that's a really great question. Go to prideandjoyquilting.com. Uh, uh, yes, please. <laughs> prideandjoyquilting.com, download and purchase one of my pet. No. <laughs> I, I, I would say, uh, yeah, scour the, now there are a lot of YouTube videos where like you could, you can get an understanding of the technique before you dive into a pattern. Uh, because, you know, Anytime you're learning a new skill, um, you're bound to to have mistakes. I mean, that's just a part of learning. Uh, we have a saying in our home because I, I homeschool my kids, and th- they would say, "I can't do this," right? Especially <laughs> math. Like I can, and so we have this saying, "I can't do this yet," right? And and so when you're learning a new skill, prepare yourself that 
you will do seam ripping (laughs) and, you know, there will be mistakes, but you're learning a skill, you're developing. So the first thing I would say is one, be gracious on yourself when you're learning a new skill, especially if like you've been doing traditional piecing for a long time and, and all of a sudden you enter applique, right? That's a whole new way of dealing with fabric. And then all of a sudden you enter FPP. The second is start simple. Like, (laughs) man alive, why did I... Yeah, I don't know why I started with a unicorn quilt. Like, I'll show you guys, even though the podcast is not going to say, but it was quite tricky. And um, I mean, now looking back, I would have drafted it some in in, in other ways to make the 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 construction and execution easier. And I think now, like fast forwarding, um, when I draft designs, there you can give the same design to ten different. Uh, design uh, foundation paper pieces and design, designers, and they will design it all differently. And 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 for me, I'm constantly thinking, what's the easiest way to construct this and to minimize error? Uh, sorry, but backtracking, I would say start with something simple. You know, a heart or like um, something that doesn't have too many seams to join, because that's where error happens a lot. I think when you have all of these paper pieces that you need to then join. It's a lot easier to sew something on one paper piece that has a lot of shapes on it because then it increases the accuracy versus when you have lots of little bits that you need to join together. And and actually, as I've been kind of delving more and more and learning more about paper piecing, there are techniques like that where you actually sew all like what I mean so is like you seam together, not on the paper, mm-hmm. but you seam together all these little bits that you've cut out. Sort of like English paper piecing, but a little different. Um, and, and I think that that lends to more possibility of creating error. Hmm. So when you start with a simple, you know, start with something simple. And there's so many amazing simple by simple, I mean, like, not too complex, right? But they're beautiful uh, mm-hmm. foundation paper piecing patterns out there. Um, and, and they're, and they're uh, economical, you know, the five, six bucks. You really, what you're paying for is the time and, and the effort of the designer. And start with that. And, and look at videos and give yourself grace. And then if you like it, move on to something a little more complex. Um, I, one of the questions I get asked a lot is, you know, what's the hardest pattern you've ever made, right? <laughs> because now I'm like doing large scale, super detailed. And, and that's a really great question, but it's a tricky question because it's not that, that uh, because my pieces are much more detailed that they're harder. It's just they take longer to do, right? Because it's still, it's the same uh, motion or pattern just repeated a gazillion more times, right? <laughs> so it's like, you know, it, it, is it easier to make a 12-inch quilt, traditional quilt, or easier to make uh, a, an 80-inch? It's not easier or harder. It just takes more time. Um, yeah, don't get uh, – yeah, sorry. I, I went on a tangent there. But I would say show yourself some grace. Start with something simple. And now there's so many resources online and on Instagram um, that are available for people to kind of look at beforehand. Visit your website. Instagram. <laughs> you mentioned that you um, you've really started to tackle and really dive deep into doing large scale FPP pieces. Can you kind of walk us through your process of like how you develop a new pattern and then how you tackle it all? Yeah. So when I after that unicorn 
famous or infamous, both, I'd say. <laughs> I, I fell in love with the precision of foundation paper piecing. Mm-hmm. And after a while, I, I, I thought, what would it look like if I, if I designed something? And, and if I designed something, what would be the thing that would move, like, would resonate from, from my experience, from my heart, right? And as a therapist, I, I worked a lot with women girls from all different developmental stages, from teenagers to uh, adulthood. And there was constantly this theme of identity, of having a voice, of taking up space, right? Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, I think if I was to design something, it would be about people that inspire me. And a little backtrack here, because people are like, well, how do you go from like being a a therapist to like design? So, you know, I have have, uh, immigrant parents. I bless their hearts, amazing parents. And all throughout growing up, I wanted to do artistic stuff. And they were like, you need an education. You need to make something. So I was like, (laughs) you know, get a job first and then do the stuff you like. So I thought, well, who inspires me? And someone that I I have loved has been um, uh, Audrey Hepburn. So my mother uh, learned English from watching Audrey Hepburn movies as a, as a young girl. <laughs> and so all growing up, <laughs> um, you know, she, she Puerto Rican Cuban. I mean, there was some English in her house, but not really. Um, she still has a beautiful accent to this day, but she loves Audrey Hepburn movies. And I thought, well, I love Audrey Hepburn too. I mean, she was one of the first people who, you know, back when it wasn't popular to, to like give to the poor and the, and the impoverished and children who were war torn. She was like the first like UNICEF ambassador. Um, and every, her story is just, she left Hollywood to raise her children. I mean, really back in that, you know, just an amazing human being. And so I thought, "Mm, what would it look like if I drafted an Audrey Hepburn pattern? And I love that pattern because I learned so much from it. One of the things that I learned is how to incorporate the seams into the design. So you will see you will see some patterns that yeah, technically like the the seam fills in the shape, but the seam is very distracting. For example, in my Audrey Hepburn quilt, I, the the major seam where it connected the two largest pieces together, I put it right smack in the middle of her face. And I was like, what was I thinking? So uh, that I learned a lot from that pattern of, of how, you know, one thing looks great on the computer, but how will it sew? Hmm. And, and so after I did Audrey Hepburn, um, 2020 hit and <laughs> man alive, that was a rough year for us. And I know it was a rough year for the world. And so there was a lot happening in LA with um, BLM uh, uh, protest. There was a lot happening. And so I thought, you know, I need to do something that it's, that that lifts my spirit. And so I thought, I'm going to do an MLK uh, portrait. <clears throat> just easy. I'm just going to do an MLK portrait. <laughs> and um, one of the things that I learned from Audrey, with my Audrey Hepburn, I, I tried using natural colors. So like I tried using cottons that were creamy and but I realized my eye was like yeah Varushka I see what you're trying to do there but she doesn't look natural right <laughs> uh what if we use color as representation and I love the work by like Biza Butler and other uh, like um applique 
portrait artists that use color as representation. <clears throat> so I attempted to do that with my MLK and I loved it. I, I, I it was a fun process. <clears throat> Every quilt has, I, I've kind of learned something. What I learned from my uh, uh, MLK was I used something like 270 colors for that. Wow. And yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. <laughs> and, and the only way I was able to achieve it was I had bought these Kona cotton. They had like a whole like five inch packs of all of their <laughs> colors. And I used that. And I thought, okay, yeah, this is not sustainable. <laughs> this I have to streamline this somehow. And that's where I was like, what if I develop a palette? And, 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 and I realized that was really effective. You can, you can create such an impact with only 20 colors, mm -hmm. um, without having to break my bank. If you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was so, about to ask, how do you even manage to like manage the number of fabrics at a time? Cause that is a ton. Yeah, Wendy, exactly. With, with MLK, my, my room was a disaster. Like it was, and then finding the right blue, right? Because I, I became a little too like I need to match it to exactly to what my file and illustrator is, right? And and that's not the case. That's not the case. And so I learned a lot from MLK. I mean, maybe one day I'll do that again, but I highly doubt it. Um, <laughs> but it was just too much. Then 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 it became. It took a long time to to get there. Um, so. So I didn't manage it well, Wendy. That's what I guess what I'm trying to say. Um, but, but which is why I said, okay, what are the colors that I really love? Like I love colors that kind of hint towards other colors. So for example, instead of using black, what if you use like a really dark navy? Mm. Or instead of using navy blue, what if you use like a deep purple? Um, instead of like tan or brown skin tones, what if you use like uh, like uh, yellow and, and pink. Right. Um, and then, uh, burgundy for the shadow. So like <clears throat> there were certain things that, that uh, I played with and then would draft and draft and draft and draft. And then I have, and then slowly I, I kind of started doing away with colors that like, did, I like, I don't use a lot of greens. I don't use a whole lot of reds, just colors that you really, that, you know, called to me and then mm -hmm. kind of, kind of built that. So with all these learnings that you've had from every pattern to pattern and yeah. as you've refined your own style and your own approach, um, you, you are, um, you're now, you're teaching at QuiltCon this year yeah. for the first time. Um, so how has it been developing a workshop and taking those learnings and distilling them down? Oh, Amanda. <laughs> Okay, I tell I tell myself, Rushka, your worth isn't valued, and you know other people give me, but I am just tickled pink and like feel so deeply like honored and validated to have been invited. You know, um, my quilting journey in this last year has had wonderful ups and and uh, vertigo causing causing lows, and <clears throat> to have been invited to to teach at QuiltCon just. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I feel so super. I'm like, wait, you know who I am? Like, my name's Varushka. You should have the right person. Um, so I, I actually, what's interesting is that my whole uh, quilting experience has been online. Like it started last August. It's, 
you know, what month are we now? October. Um, it just all feels like 2020, really, the last three years. <laughs> um, so like everything's been online. So I I I, I teach like quilting uh, with my tips. So I feel comfortable with teaching, but this will be my first experience teaching in person. Okay. Um, so that's that's quite uh that that's quite the way to 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 have a first experience. <laughs> yeah. Trial by fire. Yeah. I was gonna say, like throw you in the deep end. <laughs> I've, I'm very excited. That's the truth. I, I don't feel like nervous, like, oh, am I gonna be able to do it? Um, so one of the things that I spoke with Elizabeth about, Elizabeth, who's the the coordinator, about organizing this particular class, which is a skill building class, how to learn to master foundation paper piecing. Um, with all the little things that I've learned, and and they're the tiniest things that make the biggest difference. So uh, basically, I'll be teaching what I use, and and for for me, what's what's interesting is I really believe that there are little things that you can do as you construct uh, a piece that can seem tedious, but really lend to uh, successful execution of something. Like like iron every. I know this, it sounds so simple, right? Like take the time to iron each shape, like, or take the time to iron out the fabric. Right. I mean, it sounds so, or like use the clapper and be like little things that when put together make a big impact. Um, so yeah, that's what QuiltCon will be about. And man alive, I'm feel deeply tickled and honored and I hope it goes well. I think it will. I know it will. I think it will. Yeah. it will. Yeah. It will. And if not, we can all get drunk together after. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Saturday night, ladies. Hell yeah. <laughs> the lobby. I'll be the one crying with all of that. Oh, no, no, no. You won't be. I'm kidding. Uh, on, that, um, um, on that open invite to everyone to come drinking with us, it is time to move on to our rapid fire quilting questions. Are you ready, Varushka? I am. Okay, Wendy, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, okay. So what is your favorite time of day to quilt? Oh, nighttime. Where do you sew? Um, I sew in my sewing center, according to my husband. <laughs> I sew. So we, on our master bedroom has this little nook, which I think when they built the house, they thought it would be like a little living room, and it makes no sense. It's way too small for that. Um, and so for the longest time, I'd be sewing, and my husband would try to sleep, and that didn't work. <laughs> what we ended up doing was turning my master bedroom into a sewing-slash-homeschool room. And then we took one of the guest bedrooms to just sleep in it. I mean, we're just sleeping in this big space. It's a horrible waste of space. So I sew in the, in my sewing center in our <laughs> homeschool master bedroom that's now our um, homeschool little nook sewing. Uh, and do you wear shoes while you're sewing? I do not. I do not. I wear socks. And uh, music, Netflix, podcasts, or the sounds of silence while you sew. Audiobooks. I love, I love audiobooks, podcasts. That's my go-to. And is there a current favorite that you're listening to? <laughs> I have been listening to Agatha Raisin. Have you heard of Agatha Raisin? No. no. Oh, my goodness. It's, so it's this British murder mystery, but it's not scary. I can't handle scary. And do you have a favorite snack while quilting? I, I love drinking coffee in the morning. And then at nighttime, I'll have uh, Earl Grey, which I love. And sometimes Sour Patch Kids, but I try not to do that too much. <gasps> oh, I love that. <laughs> Yum. Okay, so what's your favorite brand of solids? My favorite is Bella Solids by Moda. Do you have a favorite color of Bella Solids? Oh, no. 
I forgot. How dare I ask that? Amanda. Like, you know, I love, I love a touch of like vibrant, like, or, like orangey pink. So what color fabric do you use the most? I find I use, a, a, it's called Terrain Iris, which isn't even my favorite color necessarily, but it's this dark, rich purple. So you're definitely a team solid, but do you have a yeah. fabric, a favorite fabric designer? Tulip pink is brilliant. But I fell in love with V and Co. Ombre, Vanessa Christensen, but then that's solids, right? It's kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it's kind of like I fell back to my hole. Um, but I love that with her ombres, you have five colors of solids within one yard. Wow, cool. So I, I find when I need, so for example, if I need like um, uh, five different pinks, the, the question is always like, are they within the same hue, right? Do they have the same first? Second, I would need to five, buy five different uh, yards of, the, of different fabrics, which can get by, kind of pricey. But with one yard of Vianco's Ombre, I have five pinks within the same mm-hmm. hue for 10 bucks, right? That's a good tip. Okay. And what do you do with your scraps? Oh, I am a scrap hoarder. But the thing is, like, since I use the same fabrics, I only use those 10. So I I rarely will throw away scraps unless they're, like, really skinny and I can't use them again. And what FPP notion couldn't you live without? Tweezers. And the reason why I use them a lot, I use them for, you know, to, to feed a, a seam through a sewing machine. I use it to pick out the paper. They're very practical. What's your favorite design program for FPP patterns? I would say Adobe Illustrator. Yeah. But I don't just use that to create my patterns. And what is one bad quilting habit you wish you could give up? I create a lot of mess. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your quilty crush? Mary Fonz. I think <sighs> yeah. she's just so charming and knowledgeable. She's, she's pretty remarkable. Now, before we wrap today up, we've got just a couple more questions. And first up is, who are three accounts you think everyone should be following and why? One is um, Jitika Design. So she's from the Czech Republic, but she lives in Canada, I believe. I, I've gotten to know a lot of Canadian <laughs> and Australian quilters. <laughs> like, a lot. Like, like it's amazing. So she's in Canada. Um, and she, her stuff is just beautiful, just really beautiful. Another is, um, I think she just great uh, exhausted octopus. Oh she, yeah. She does great stuff. And you know, she's like dying her own fabrics. I'm like, <laughs> oh my goodness. That's like incredible. I don't, mm, that's looking a whole nother level. Um, and, uh, I love, uh, there's another one. She's, she's, Instagram friend, of course. Uh, hello, Erica Bay. She has pink hair, and um, she th- her basement got totally trashed, and they redid it. And it's this beautiful haven of pink and yellow and turquoise quilting. And her stuff is just so cheerful and happy. And I I love her account as well. Um, yeah, there's so much great stuff on Instagram. Those are my three shout outs. <laughs> oh, show. Okay, so before we sign off, do you have any other fun projects in the horizon that you're able to share with us? Yes, I do. Um, (laughs) It's a challenge going from doing quilting for yourself to making it a business. Mm -hmm. And so my challenge constantly is how do you design for your own spirit versus how you design for others, right? 
And, and so all of the stuff that I have on like my Etsy shop or patterns have been sort of small works. They're not the large scale portrait. I mean, I give larger versions, but they, I've been holding back. And so I have, I'll spill the beans. So I have, I've been working on two, two collections of large scale portraits. Um, one of classic heroines, right. That lived over a hundred years old, a hundred years ago. And that's for a specific reason. Um, and another is by classic masterpieces like, um, yeah, like, uh, art pieces. And so I have been working on drafting these and, and to large scale <clears throat> using, using these inspirations, two collections with four, um, large scale pieces each. Cool. Using my palette. Um, but the challenge for me has been kind of goes back to what I'm talking about is uh, how, how do you how do you birth it into the world? Like, <laughs> do I do another book? Do I just do individual um, patterns? Do I do kits? And so I'm starting to enter the world of like kidding. Do I start kid? which means to give the fabric and, and thread for patterns. So. <clears throat> Yeah, that that's that's in the pipeline. Um, this is super exciting. Like, yeah. I would totally want to buy a kit or like even one of those large scale ones. Yeah, so I'll I'll, I'll drop one. One is uh, the first I'm going hoping to release is Joan of Arc, Ooh. and um, uh, I can't. Yeah, Joan of Arc. She's actually holding a light sword. We'll call it a light sword, but it's a, a lightsaber. But I'm not going to call it a lightsaber, <laughs> right? Because then you enter all sorts of <clears throat> issues. And she's Disney's, just holding Disney's attorneys come after you. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, she's just holding a light sword. Uh, so um, that's been really fun. But again, it takes me a long time to draft and figuring out how I want to birth it into the world. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that's that's the fun part. That's so everyone should stay tuned yeah. to the next chapter. Um, and on that note, we need to wrap today up and we hope that you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to contact any of us, we can probably most easily be found on our Instagram accounts. I'm at Broadclaw Studio. Wendy. I am the dot weekend quilter. Anna is at Wax and Wayne Studio and Verushka. Pride and joy quilting. Or you can go to our podcast account at quilt.buzz or our website quiltbuzzpodcast.com for our previous episodes and updates on upcoming guests. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we hope that you subscribe to the show and tell your quilty friends about us too. And if you have a moment to share what you love by writing a review on your podcast provider of choice, it would make our day. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. 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 Bye.